Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. A very warm welcome to this Mastering Life podcast, where today I want to talk about mentoring. Um, but on a very emotional level, this is not just mentoring for the sake of mentoring. This is talking and deep diving about, um, well, let, let's, let's encapsulate the title. My mentor saved my life. So I suppose it's in general terms discussing mentoring, but actually way beyond that. And the emotional benefits, I think, which is rarely touched upon. And to help me do that, um, immense credit goes to to Kevin Searcy. Um, Kevin is somebody that has offered to to show his vulnerability um, and in doing so is immense strength with one simple motive in mind so that others may benefit from the pain and the suffering of his journey um, and to get to the stage where he's at now. So uh, without further ado, Kevin, a very, very warm welcome. Hi, Paul. Thank you. And um, yeah, my mentor saved my life. Very, very profound title that you've chosen there. I think at this stage, Kevin, as we recount your story, I'd ask you not to necessarily divulge the the name of the mentor, if that's okay. So we'll just talk about it in general terms and your journey, because I'm more interested in extracting that information, um, you know, for the benefit of the listener, because it is immensely powerful. So sincere gratitude for having the courage to share your story. Do you want to start, Kevin, by giving us an insight into the last two or three years and particularly around the, the poignancy of Christmas time and what, and, and what that's been like for you? I think in a nutshell, um, the last two or three years have been pretty hard, breakup of a relationship. So we're going back to 2017 when I realised that um, a relationship of 23 years was over. I'd been fighting for two years to try and make it work and it had absolutely exhausted me. We got to um, we got through that Christmas, and it dawned on me when I got back to work, the first day back at work in January, two thousand and seventeen, that I knew it was over, and it was a pretty tough Christmas to be honest with you. Missed the family, my family's away in crew, um, so it just felt that I was on my own, and um, I got to January, and I. Like I say, I got into work and I had a panic attack. And I'd not had a panic attack for about two or three years. I thought I was well and truly over that. And um, and that really shocked me. And I got down on my hands and knees in the shop and I prayed to God um, for the first time in my life because I wanted this pain to go away. I thought I was having a, um, an heart attack, but I realised it was a panic attack. The bizarre thing was that a uh, vicar walked through the door about 15, 20 minutes later. Um, which was quite profound, really. It shocked me that did. So, so yeah, last year was uh, quite a, a, an interesting time, really. It was tough. On the same day, what I forgot to mention was that I needed I needed distraction. I needed something to to get my teeth into and something to get me away, get my feelings away from everything. And um, I had a chat with this vicar for probably an hour or so, and then I thought to myself, I need a distra- I need something to do 
to get me out of the house because I knew the relationship was over. And every time I went home, it was so painful just sitting there and being rejected. And, and I couldn't take that anymore. So the only way for me was to, to either to work, carry on working, go to the gym. And, you know, so anyway, to 10, 20 minutes after the, the vicar had gone, uh, I, I looked at the computer and funny enough, a page came up with uh, volunteering for Childline. So I just thought that was a bit of a sign and I thought, well, let's go for that. And that kind of got me through last year. I'd, I'd got, uh, a, a, I consider him to be a friend now who was, who was getting me through so constantly on a daily basis would ring me up and see how I was and, and never ever judge me or anything like that. He, I could tell him anything. And that was really, really powerful for me, even though I'd got this will, I wanted to be happy again, but I just couldn't find the strength to do that. I knew I'd got my battles. I knew the relationship was over. And last last, last year was so tough. You know, there was a, it was a journey and a half and that got me, the child line got me through, putting my feelings to all other people was a nice distraction. Um, we got to May and that's when, you know, we agreed that I'd be moving out. So May, June, July was a hectic couple of months trying to find somewhere to live, getting a, getting a new mortgage and that. So then I got another distraction, trying to find somewhere to live. So that took my mind off it. But in the in all this time, I was constantly, you know, my friend constantly getting in touch with me, telling me that, you know, we're going to get through this and, and just encouraging, just keep encouraging me all the time. Just when I was ready to give up, it's almost, it was it was quite bizarre, really, because I'd be feeling low sometimes. It'd just ring up out of the blue and say, how are we going? You know, and I'd, I'd tell him, you know, what was happening. And he kept telling me that I was a fighter and, and kept um, kept building me up all the time. I didn't necessarily believe that, but I, I kind of appreciated the sentiment, what was what was put there. And uh, and and I, I just it just kept me going. I was ready to, I was ready to give up, um, but I knew I'd got to keep going for me kids' sake. But I think the fact that I think if I hadn't had that man mentor here, and I'll I'll probably come to that in a bit. Um, as hard as it is, that I don't think I'd be here today if I got to be brutally honest. Right. Okay. If I can just come in there, Kev, it must have been really tough. Bearing in mind the the space you was in emotionally, to have then took on a monumental challenge of something like going through training with Childlight to be a, a counsellor and listening to, you know, horrific stories from from young people that, you know, that are reaching out for support, for help, for guidance. How, how did you find that? I find it really helpful because I was in a place where everybody was, um, everybody was the same. They'd all got, everybody had got empathy and I'd never been in a room like that where everybody just cared about each other. And, and the fact that there was there for Childline, to help other people just just spoke volumes that, that the people you was around so it was it was a really good distraction for me to be around people like that and I was totally focused on getting through this and getting through this course and actually getting onto it mm. uh, I, I did later find out that um, I actually learned to cry last year which was really helpful so a couple of times when we I'd had some really hard phone calls I learned that I can remember finishing a shift one night, being on the phone for two hours. Uh, I think there was a suicide. And I'd had a tough night, actually. There'd been abuse as well. I think what got me is at the end of the phone conversation, I actually got got through to this person and, and they said to me, thank you, Kev. 
And then I just welled up and um, I had to go some, you know, I went in the toilet just to sort of five minutes to, to try and cope, compose myself. Let me dig down on that, Kev, if I may, because I know the area that you was brought up, the culture, um, and it was very, very, very much of, shut up, big boys don't cry, just get on with it. What was that experience of, you know, of a grown man, hardened, toughened from an inner city council estate? What was that like, that experience? It's right what you said, Paul. There was that, I've always sort of, especially this generation, it's like, just get on with it, you know. Uh, and, you know, stop crying. You know, it's not doing anybody any good. Get on with it. And and I've had that all my life, so I've always suppressed that, that feeling of, you know... Um, but the feeling of crying when I, like that that shift that night, I went in the toilet, had a bit of a cry, wiped my eyes. We did the debrief. I got home, two o'clock in the morning, and I sat there, and the tears just came welling down my face, mm-hmm. and and I just thought, hang on a minute, this feels really really good. And then I woke up the next morning, um, had a, a rationalised the conversation. Um, realised that you know not to be too hard on myself. It was still early days, and you know, uh, and. I had a think about, I had a thought about you know the night before and what I'd done. I felt quite, in a way, I felt quite pleased with myself that, you know. But it was again what what took what took my breath away was this person saying thank you, Kev. That really helped, and the, the tears just came down again. And I, I can remember looking into the mirror and seeing these tears, and I was like, I'm not used to this. What is this? But at the same time, thinking, wow, you know, this is so liberating. It's such a good feeling. I wish I could do this. You know, I wish I could do this again. And and my, funny enough, my mentor rang me that day, and he was like, and I was explaining this to him, and he was saying, just telling me how good that is. That you know, it's not a bad thing for a man to cry. It's it's, it's actually really really healthy, and I, I I've I've found that out. You know, it it, it is it's liberating, mm. and nothing to be ashamed of, neither. Was there any? Um, what was the? Yeah, I mean, there was obviously that release, Kev. But was there any sort of? Hang on, all my life. I've lived a certain way with that belief system of big boys don't cry. And now all of a sudden, here I am at the other extreme. And although I feel better, I mean, was there any, I'm I'm trying to search for the right word, the most appropriate word, then guilt's not the right word, but certainly confusion around what's going off here. Very, very confusing. It was really confusing. Um, Like I say, all my my life, you just, you just, I did my best friend die in an accident at work and I couldn't grieve, I I couldn't cry over that, I wanted to, and I felt the tears starting to come and then I stopped it like I'd done all my life, you know, it doesn't do any good, Uh, that that probably even contributed for me to having the breakdown, the first, the first breakdown I had, just keep suppressing these feelings all the time, yeah, and not talking through to you, thinking, right, we'll just get on with it, it's done now, you can't do nothing about it and keep trying to move forward, but... I, I kind of think now that you have to start facing these demons and facing up stuff and, and be proud of yourself, you know, and not keep putting yourself down because that doesn't help anybody, you know, being honest with your feelings and being and being happy with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose in that respect, um, well, I'll ask the question, does a mentor, guide, support, friend, call it what you will, does that, I mean, does that help? It helps a lot, yeah. I, it got me through last year. I've got to be brutally honest, uh, and I think I've already touched on this, that um, if I didn't have that support last year, I don't think I'd be here now. I've had quite a few little... uh, I've had to acknowledge that I've had some bad things happen in my life, uh, as everybody has, so I'm not any different from anybody else. We've all got our demons and things happen. And it was actually sort of looking back and going, do you know what, this did happen, and, and... 
part of it was letting stuff go from the past as well. Mm, okay. So was there actually um, a defining moment, uh, Kev, from what you've said about, and I'm going to put this in strong graphic terms, where you thought, I've had enough, I am going to end this here and now. What's, has there been those that moment or those moments in your life? There, there has been. I kept... <laughs> I'm ashamed to say this, but I was I was actually wishing that I'd um, I'd get cancer or something like that and die naturally. Mm. I really didn't want to live anymore. I felt that my life was over. I'd lived my life, and and to a certain point, I was actually sort of quite content with that that feeling of knowing I've lived my life. It's it's you know I've done it's, I've done my time. So yeah, I think I got to the 24th of December and the problem was that I isolated myself because I didn't want other people to see, put my misery on to anybody else. Yeah. So I always remember when I go to Matlock, there was I always remember going over this bridge just before you go into Matlock, um, I don't know, probably a mile or two away and seeing this big field and this uh, wall um, and seeing this tree in the distance. And the idea was at the time, you know, say it was the 24th of December, I remember it really well. Um, it'd been raining in the morning and it was a, it got a bit sunny and I thought, this would be a good day to go. And I was going to get a load of tablets and I was going to drive to this spot. It just seemed a lovely, tranquil place and just end it all. Um, and again, um, I think my mentor must have had this second sense or whatever and he rang me up that day. I didn't tell him about that plan. But he sort of reinforced how well I was doing and, you know, and acknowledging that I was going, I'd been going through a tough time and it wasn't, it wasn't wrong to feel ashamed or any, any, any emotion. It was all natural. It was all part of the process. And I'd come and kept reassuring me I'd come through the other side. It kind of gave me a bit of strength. Christmas Day, the next day, basically, I sort of told everybody I'd got somewhere to go. So nobody was ever, so nobody felt guilty. I just wanted everybody to have a nice Christmas. So I made out that I was going to somebody's house. So I might have made out to my daughter, I was going to my mum's for dinner and, and vice versa. So everybody thought that I'd got somewhere to be. I got up on Christmas morning, quite a, a strange feeling, really. I didn't feel sad. I didn't, I didn't feel anything really. I, what I did miss was being there for Christmas and the kids opening the presents and being part of something. I did miss that, but I just didn't feel... So, I was numb really on Christmas Day. And um, I, sat, I sat down in the living room, opened a couple of presents up. Wasn't really bothered, but I felt that I'd got to make the effort. And um, my daughter, there was me and my daughter's dog and it got to around about four o'clock. And I just thought, you know what? It's Christmas Day. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I went upstairs, got changed, got my best kit on, um, had a shower, got changed and basically cooked a meal. I was quite a lovely meal actually and I brought the dog in here, put my dicky bow around the dog's neck and I put a little tray on the floor and we both sat and had a, a Christmas day meal together. So um, yeah, when I look back on it now, I do have a bit of a laugh about that to myself. But Christmas, I mean, you had the, you know, the, the courage, the creativity to make something good out of it but I want to to sort of drill down into um, around this Christmas theme Kevin around the message I suppose of faith How, what what define faith I mean has has your journey been one of faith that when you know people and particularly your mentor and I know you've got very strong views around that gave you this this concept if nothing else of faith to keep going when actually 
I don't want to. It's dark and I don't feel like keep going. I mean, what, what, how would you frame the word or describe the word faith? What does it mean to you? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I think faith to me is, is believing, is, is starting to believe what my mentor was telling me. I kind of knew in a way I would come through it, but there was another part of me saying that it wasn't, it wasn't going. And my mentor taught me to have faith that things would get better. And and I, I did, there was a part of me that did believe that. There was another part of me what was arguing that bit. But I did believe because I had to have, I had to have hope to, to carry on. Because if I didn't have hope, then there was no point in being here. Mm. You know, it gave me the strength to just keep going, just keep plodding on. And the, what the the remit was, you did, we did one day at a time. We worked from yeah. one day at a time. And that was, and that worked, you know. Yeah, and I can imagine as well, when you say one day at a time, um, and I can imagine at times that was actually one moment at a time. You know, when you're in a dark place and all around, you know, everything around you is falling apart and I'm making an assumption here and I've got no right to make an assumption, but sometimes it's like literally a moment at a time, a moment at a time. Would that be a fair comment? It would be, yeah. It really, really is, yeah. Yeah. You, like, you go from, you, you see, you've gone from having a a big family around you to suddenly you're, you're on your own and it's mm. just it's just so foreign to... To not be, you know, I'd, I'd have thoughts of little things like that entering me head of, you know, it's Christmas Day. There's a guy sitting there in my place with my family. What was my family last year? So there was all the, it was, you're exactly right, Paul. So you'd have to keep finding the, every every hour something had turned up and you'd have to keep, it, it's a really good point, actually. You you really do go through every hour and, and, and virtually every minute of the day and you keep have to keep working these little battles out all the time and getting through them yeah and is it you know if i'm hearing you correctly um, kev is it right to say that the the legacy of your split was your identity had been stripped been robbed away from you because you being that figurehead the head of the table particularly at poignant times of the year like Christmas, you know, that all the family get together and, you know, the aftershave and the socks that you don't really want, but, you know, and the jumpers and all that kind of stuff that you end up, you know, unwrapping on Christmas, that had all gone. And, and as such, did you feel that your identity had been stolen from you because you was no longer that senior figurehead? I felt robbed. I did. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I felt, felt totally robbed. And I'd, I've always been, you know, an hardworking, loving guy. Wanted to do the best and and support my family and look after them and give them everything I could. And you know what had I done wrong? I, I could never get my head around that, and that was one of the battles I was constantly fighting. Yeah. Okay. So you got through Christmas on on that particular year. I mean, what was it like the following Christmas? Uh, were things getting better? I mean, to just move the journey on a little bit, Kev. The highs and lows. If you know your words, not mine. Um. Well, well I got we. Well, that was obviously that was last Christmas. Um. I got through the Christmas. I'd, I'd met a I'd met a lady um, before Christmas, which was a nice distraction and and gave me a bit of hope. the The only problem was that I'd not I I couldn't I realised it was far too early to try and get into a relationship or anything like that. Mm. And then this person wanted more, and I couldn't give it. I didn't have it in. I just didn't have it. I didn't love myself, so I could I love anybody else. So we, we got through Christmas and then it got to January and, you know, this person sort of asking me, you know, and I said, I'm, I don't feel the same, you know, 
And I was just enjoying this person's company. I thought we, that's what we were both doing, but I was realising that I was having an impact on somebody else's feelings and that wasn't right. So I had to make a decision to, to end that relationship. But it was a tough Christmas to get through, to be fair. It really was a tough Christmas, but... And I find it painful now to even think about going, you know, the even thought of last year. So in terms of, I suppose I got a little bit confused there by, you know, the the Christmas before that, because I know that was quite challenging as well, wasn't it? You've, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's where I kind of got the crossover there. Um, anyway, we move on. So is it true to say then, Kevin, from what I'm picking up on that, that you're, you felt that you didn't have that love to give because... You didn't actually have that self-love. I didn't, no. No, not at all. Okay. I, I look in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. I felt, I looked in the mirror, I seen an old guy who was overweight. Um, that That's what I saw, but everybody else, it don't matter. And even, I suppose, to a point, even to this day, I, although I'm a lot better now, a lot of people say what well, a good looking, you know, and this, and, and your family tell you, you know, obviously they're going to support you. But it's believing that, and and I'm starting to learn to believe that now. Yeah, it's that age-old dilemma, isn't it? Do we believe to see, or do we see to believe? And I think when you know we're metaphorically, we feel as if we're at the bottom of the pile. We need to see things, don't we? We need to see that proof before we actually believe it. And for me, the faith is to actually flip that on its head and say, "Okay, I believe." I don't need to see it. I believe things will get better. And for me, that is the epitome of faith. Yes, yeah. Going back going back to the... Uh, I'm going back to the mentor again. I have got to say this because every day that person was telling me that everything that I didn't believe in myself, he was saying the opposite. And it's a bit like every time he said it every day mm. and then sooner or later it was going <laughs> to get in there. And and eventually it did, and he gave me that belief, and and I would stay say faith that things was going to improve and get better. So is it fair to say that Kev, with with the mentor and and you know the, I suppose the positive um, stuff that was being um, shared with you and, and the empathy, um, because I think it's it's so easy for a mentor to kind of sit on the sidelines, is it not, and sort of, you know, well this is the way it should be, and blah blah blah, and blah blah blah, and blah blah, and you think. You haven't got a clue where my world's at. I'm not. I'm nowhere near what you're saying. I don't understand. That's kind of nice, fluffy stuff I read about in books, but that's certainly not my world. How you know? How was that gap bridged? It was. It was going back to the one day at a time, one hour at a time. Yeah. And and working through that, and then starting to believe actually, I'm getting through this. I'm. I am actually. I'm still alive. I woke up the next day. You know, I'm still here starting to you know try and do things but when you you know when you're depressed it's so hard because you don't want to do anything you just want to sit there and and you just got no energy for anything so getting that phone call once or twice a day was like you know it could put a bit of fire in my belly and go do you know what let's yeah let's do this mm. and i'd do it for a small period of time and then i'd back off again but at least now i was starting to to do little things yeah. you know st- trying to trying to force myself and then look and and I, I did even think at one time well you know this this guy's fighting for me the least i've got i've got to pay him back is trying to um take that on board and try and work through it because I knew in my art of arts that I would get through it, but you just at the time I'm going through this now. I want it to end. I just I just want to be happy, and it and it just it it just takes. You, you've got to appreciate it. Does take time. Yeah, interesting, so. interesting. 
So what's what's life like now then, Kev? You know, in this this present moment uh, as we approach a, a new year's kind of uh, just round the corner. What's where where are you placed these days? In a lot, in a far better place. I know I've got a loving family, and to isolate yourself is not. It's that's not what people want. They want to want to see, and you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe that people love you, and and but they're going to let you. As much as as much as they can get in touch with you and tell you how much they love and care, you know, and you you, you kind of don't believe it, and you've got it. You start to learn after a while that it is true, but that you've got to make an effort to 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 make these things work as well. And it's not easy, and I'm, there's there's no quick fix or anything like that. But you've got to have faith, and you've got to believe it's going to get better. But what I do now is put put myself in situations like my family. My family, my children I adore, and my grandkids now, who I don't see very often. So that was one of the issues for me. My family not being around me was really hard. But I go down, I drive down to go and see him. It's a couple of hours drive. I go down to see him. I started doing like video chats so I can speak to him at night. It's trying to create the positive things. I've also started writing stories for my granddaughter so she knows, she knows who I am. So at the end of the day, I'm talking on a personal basis. I felt sorry for myself, and that's there's nothing wrong in that because that's part of, of of going through the process. But for me, I, I had to stop doing that and try and be positive. And then when I found that if I start doing these little things, that doors are opening, and I'm starting to feel, I feel like it's like being a flower starting to open up in the springtime. You know, gradually getting there, and 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 believing that every day is different and. Just trying to find different things, as as you as you know, I've I've recently bought a guitar. You know, my dog doesn't like it, but um, I can't stand uh, critics. But there you well, go. <laughs> he, he doesn't have to play it, does he? No, he doesn't. Have you know, you don't have to chew his bone. He doesn't have to play your guitar. But it's something I've always wanted to do, and I've just thought, well, come on, Kev. You know, stop procrastinating. Start doing something. You know, the more you do, and it's gave me a new lease of life. And every day, you know, it's it's still a battle, but it's not as bad, and it's getting easier by the day. And I'm starting to believe in myself now, and that's really important. And that's what I want other people to to know that, you know, there's no not necessarily a quick fix, but just just believe in yourself. Yeah. And believe in them people who are fighting for you because they're fighting for you for a reason. Because the love and the care about you, and that's something we all need. And and that's that's a very emotional, uh, but in my opinion, my humble opinion, a very true statement. But prior to the this experience, this challenging experience, Kev, is that something that you would have thought that actually, if somebody has been speaking to you about mentoring, you'd have actually had that thought process around? Well, you know, mentors are somebody that help you to grow your business or do this or do that but they don't really get involved i mean it, would that be a, a fair comment i mean what well let me re, let me reframe that what were your before all this has kicked off over the last sort of 12 18 months two years what were your thoughts around that m word mentoring i i want to we go back to the same thing as um you don't cry, you know. You you get through stuff and you work through it you, through it yourself. Mm. It's the and it's wrong. It's totally wrong. We all, everybody on this planet at some time needs help and support mm. for whatever reason. And and it's and it's nothing to be ashamed of. We go through life. Certain things happen in life where you know totally out of hand, and and some horrible horrible things happen to people. But it's it's knowing that you know if you've got somebody 
who's by your side and going, you know, you can get through this. It's really, it really is important. You've got to embrace that and not feel ashamed to do that. Mm. You go back a year ago, I wanted, I would have been awkward for somebody. I felt embarrassed that somebody actually knew what my feelings. But now, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I can say how I feel and not be scared to do that. Yeah, and and that's I think that's a very valid point, Kev, because I think the reality is from certainly from my knowledge and experience that each and every one of us has that vulnerability. I think most of us choose to put a wall up, a front, and and that's self-protection. I understand that. But the reality is, the irony is you're not actually protecting yourself. No, you're not. Uh, you, you are putting walls up. And I, I personally felt that I wasn't worthy, that somebody, that I think, I felt that everybody else deserved that, but not me. Yeah. I could I could do this. There's other people who's going through far worse than, than the what I was going through. So it, it never even entered my my mind that I would need support with this or even want to get that. And at, and at first, um, I didn't. You know, I was a bit reticent about getting that support and speaking my feelings out. But I felt that as the months, weeks, months, days, whatever you want to call it, went by, I was actually it it became a release to say, you know, this is a day I'm having. This is how I'm coping. I've just had a new challenge. I'm feeling this way. Is it right to feel this way? To be told the other one, yeah, it is right to be. Don't don't beat yourself up again. Let's just work through it. Let's keep getting past these different hurdles, but we'll do it. Yeah. One challenge at a time, we'll do it and we'll get through it. And that's what exactly what I did. You know, there'd be eyes and lows. There'd be one day where I'm I'm literally something's good happened and I've I'm really, you know, excited. And then the next day, bang, it rock bottom again. You know, and then the mentors there going, yeah, that's normal, that's fine. So it, it was, it was finding a lot about myself last year. It was, it was a journey and half. And um, I do, I, you know, if, if anybody else can get anything from this, the fact that you know, open up, don't, don't lock yourself away, don't be, don't be ashamed of who you are. You know, be happy, and be happy with yourself, and 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 don't be scared to talk to somebody. Take to, if you get a chance to get a mentor, somebody is is there, take it. Because yeah. I, I believe, I'm not just saying this, um, and you can probably hear my voice. And it, it's not easy for, you to, for me to talk about the fact that I wanted to end my life. But and prior to having this conversation today, it, it ended in my mind that that might come up. And um, I just want other people to know that you know that it, there's always there's always something else there. That's not that doesn't have to be the final result. Okay, so two final things then, Kev, from my point of view, and obviously you're going to have the final say, but the first one of that, well, actually, no, I'm going to make it one. I'm going to make it very sort of uh, to the point um, because you've just kind of answered that question about your, you know, what is your your message to the world? Uh, And I think you've really emotionally and very powerfully delivered it there. So if I could just add to that, it's, you know, I'll go back to something that I offered earlier on in the conversation around faith however dark it is today things will get better things will get better yeah definitely things will get better you've got to got to just keep plodding on you know and don't give up on yourself because other people are fighting for you they don't want to give you to give up neither like i say it's just believing yourself and just and don't try to do everything you know and it's part of the process of 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 being low and everything else it's just taking just getting through one day at a time and just starting to believe in yourself and trying to find this different distractions 
trying to find something. You know, like me with a guitar. Me, I'm 56 year old. I'm picking a guitar up. I've got fingers like shovels, um, but I'm get. I am starting to. Get, I've started to get a tune together. Um, but I've wanted to do that all my life, and it's been a. Sometimes when I get a little bit low, I'll pick the guitar up and I'll carry on. With, I'm taking lessons, and I'll pick, and it's a nice. And then I feel, yeah, I've got that tune right now. You know, let's move on to the next lesson, and you know, it's it's just tight. Although it's not a biggie, it's a tiny little thing. You know, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Do something what what gets your juices going. Something what makes you feel happy in yourself. Something for yourself because it's not wrong. It's not wrong to start doing stuff for yourself. It's not selfish to do something, especially when you get older and you've been there giving for everybody else, like your family, your children, everything. You find it hard. I mean, you you go through life where. You know, you don't buy yourself a new pair of trainers because you think your kids deserve that more, so you'll put your kids first. And then when you when the kids leave the nest and it's just you, you find it hard to do anything for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, like, getting the guitar, it took me <laughs> took me about six weeks for it. I just got up one Sunday morning and, come on, Kev, you know, but don't look after yourself. You, you, if you can look after yourself and get yourself up, then you can help other people. Yeah. It's been a gift of the support I've had through this time I'd, I'd love the the thought that somebody was was listening to this and going do you know what he's right i can get through this that would that would make me so happy and um it's as you can see it's a bit emotional but yeah and you know i'll go back to what i said kev at the top of this uh, conversation about the the immense strength you know your vulnerability is your strength and the fact that you prepare to be your soul on air and people can hopefully take some kind of inspiration from I, I know they will. I, I, there's no hope there. I know they will. At this stage then, Kev, so the, the very last thing I want you to do is is just really reinforce that, well, that powerful, that powerful message of inspiration uh, to the world. But before you do that, I would just ask you, I mean, are you, do you want to, would you like to um, name who that mentor was who's had such a profound effect? Yes, I would actually. Um, it's the, the, the person I'm speaking to now, Paul Lowe. Right. Okay. Well, I, I mean, the reason I didn't sort of um, earlier on for the benefit of the listeners is I didn't want to make this about me. This is not about me. You know, Kevin's acknowledged the part that a mentor played um, in his journey and his progression. Um, that yes, as he says, that is me. But you know, depersonalize it. The, the point, the common point is by having somebody in our life that believes in us and will encourage us and never give up on us. And that, that strength does come from within. But until you've had that first domino knocked down, it can be very difficult to start to have that self-belief. Um, so, you know, that was my, it makes it sound clinical, but my strategy with Kevin that, you know, first and foremost, yes, I did come into his life. Uh, and certainly at that very poignant moment when he when he wanted to end it. But I suppose all I did was knock that first domino. Kevin is the guy that deserves the credit for then, you know, letting all those other dominoes fall down, metaphorically. So final word over to you, Kev. Is there anything that you want to to add to our conversation at all? Nothing, apart from the fact that just believe in yourself, believe that, that you are going to get through this process that is really important and you start getting that belief and keep telling yourself that you will get through you not feel like it you really won't feel like it you just feel no that's not true and it don't matter how many people tell you that they don't know they don't understand well i understand 
and and I want you to, you know, I'd like to think you take it for somebody who's been there. And I'm not the only person who's gone through this. Other people have come through this, and we all we can all get through it. We've just got to keep believing ourselves and keep fighting and knowing that exactly what I said, minute by minute, if it has to be, hour by hour, day by day, just work on and do it. You know, just keep fighting. Don't give up because you it will eventually you you will eventually get there. I'm still finding a bit of a battle, but it's been liberating this year, as and and I hope Paul don't mind me saying this. I, I need to say this because I'm probably surprised Paul here by saying this, but this needs to because he gave me one of the biggest releases a few months ago that I've ever had in my life, and I hope I hope you don't mind me saying this, Paul. But I think you want, you might know what I'm alluding to. One when, when I was a child, I got took away, and for the same reason what I was talking about earlier was that men don't cry. You get on with it, and I did. But I spent I've spent fifty odd years of my life not being able to sleep with the light out, and being scared because this this person might still be there. And um, despite all the other work and that what we've we've done on myself, this was something um, we touched on one day. And Paul turned around and he says, "Come on, let's 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 talk this through," and and we did a really short session, and. All, all I can tell you is so grateful that I've been able to sleep with the light out. It's been about three months now and it's been so liberating. It's really important I've got to tell you that because but it's part of letting go. And I think that's got to be the, the, the final word, letting go, believe in yourself and keep fighting. Brilliant. Kevin, words from my point of view cannot express the... And I know I'm not supposed to use the, the the word pride, but it's immense pride in in the journey that you've taken. The courage. I'll keep using that word courage because it's absolutely, in fact, it's absolutely appropriate. It's not because courage doesn't really touch it. It's way beyond that. It, it is the epitome of faith. So you know, and that credit is 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 down to you. So. Uh, by way of conclusion, I just hope that, um, as I've said earlier, and it does go beyond hope because I know that there will be some inspiring words in here for people that are struggling. Um, it does get better. Thanks, Kevin. Thank Thanks, you very Paul. much. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.